Welcome back, hockey fans. Episode number five of the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast for season number four. My name is Mitch. I'll be taking you through all the action that was this past week in Pittsburgh-based hockey. And we're going to get it started real fast because we got a lot to talk about this week. It was the first week for the Pittsburgh, sorry, the Pennsylvania Interscholastic Hockey League. Oh, we're always Pittsburgh here. But we got a lot of details going on there. The final game of the Greensburg-Salem preseason tournament occurred on Monday. We're going to talk about that just a little bit. Uh, our AAA coverage, Robert Morris men kicked off their season this week against Michigan Tech. We're going to talk to our newest contributor, Kaz Monchek, about that. Uh, we've got our your ACHA update with Ed Major. And a couple other things that we may have thrown in here for you today on the PhD podcast. First and foremost, let's get through the housekeeping one of my favorite details I had whenever I was on the Action Track podcast with Big E and Gary Heeman, who eventually will be joining me on this podcast, hopefully here in the near future. Uh, of course, our housekeeping, we're going to let you know where you can find all of our details. Find us all on berghockey.com online, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PGH Hockey Digest. The podcast can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Twitter at PhD underscore podcast. And you can find me online on Twitter at PhD underscore Mitch. Uh, we're working with that Instagram. We're trying to get our photographers involved in that so that you guys can get more images than what I re release out there. For the most part, I'm the one running a lot of the stuff on Facebook. Uh, Alan Saunders, when he gets a chance, jumps in on it. But at this time, it's just me. Instagram, I'm trying to get Ed Major and Jared Todd Hunter involved in that. If you see them, yell at them. Tell them to get on the gram. All right. We're going to talk, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit of that PIHL AAA, Robert Morris, ACHA update. We're going to go around the region with our updates on our junior and developmental level teams. And we're going to see how it plays out today, all right? We're going to get started here real fast. We want to say congratulations to the Thomas Jefferson Jaguars, your 2019 Greensburg-Salem tournament champions. They were a 5-4 to four victor in overtime over the Ringgold Rams. Uh, the regular season will open the same day, and we're going to get right into the regular season. But first and foremost, congratulations to the Thomas Jefferson Jaguars for that big overtime victory at Kirk Nevin Arena. And the regular season came in like a wrecking ball this year. Pine Richland and Seneca Valley kicked off the AAA docket on Monday. I was there to see it, and what a game it was. Seneca Valley was able to pull it out in the end. However, not without a, a big fight from Pine Richland. Up 3-1, Seneca Valley was going in late in the third. Two goals by Salisbury was, was tied up within three minutes to go. My game story was ruined, and I had to wait through a shootout to decide this one. And it was the Seneca Valley Raiders who were able to take the first game of the season. Butler and Cannon McMillan followed them up where Butler was shut out by the Big Macs for nothing at Princecape Arena, Central Catholic and Cathedral Prep at Alpha Ice Complex. Went to overtime. Central Catholic was able to upset the Cathedral Prep Ramblers 4-3 to three in that game. Peters Township came out firing eight goals in the opening game against Princecape Arena. They chased, uh, I believe, the goaltender in that game. Ooh, that's a good question. That jumped me in the side of the head. Let's see what that one was. That was Weaver, Bradley Weaver, within the first minute, 32, had three goals on the board in, 
en route to an 8-3 to victory over those Mount Lebanon Blue Devils. It was a crazy game. Mark Lehman opened that game up. He had a big thing, and we're going to talk about him just here in a couple minutes. And Bethel Park closed out the week for the AAA rankings with a 5-3 victory over Upper St. Clair in their debut at AAA. Bethel Park, of course, the St. Margaret tournament champions for 2019, opening the season strong against a really upstart Panthers team. And we'll probably be seeing a lot of them this year, so I'll let you know how that plays out. Uh, we have a couple things that I want to add to it. Your AAA, we're going to get we're gonna name Players of the Week and Goaltenders of the Week on the podcast this year. So with that being said, your AAA Player of the Week is Mark Lehman of Peters Township. Three goals, two assists in that game where they routed the Blue Devils. And then your Goaltender of the Week is Mario Iafrade of Cannon McMillan. He had a shutout over Butler. Congratulations, guys. And then we're going to try to move along here as long as the computer catches up to me. And we're going to talk double A as we move along. And a couple games on the docket here. And unfortunately, you know, the, the PIHL updates here aren't complete. So I may miss a couple games here and there based off of what I have available to me. But we'll start on Monday where we had a Quaker Valley victory over Meadville. Quaker Valley looks really good, guys. I was there on Monday for that matchup against the Meadville Bulldogs, and they are all around a very solid team. They're going to be one that we're going to be looking at later in the season. Uh, congratulations to the Quakers. They actually opened up the season 2-0, and and we'll talk about that in a second. West Allegheny and uh, defeated South Fayette in their opening game, 3-2. to Montour dropped Armstrong 9-3 in their opener at the Island on Monday. Franklin Regional defeated Hampton. 4-3 at Center Ice Arena. Palm over Shaler, 6-3. Two teams, upstart teams that I look to see on the bubble of the postseason. More than likely, both of them, I think, are going to make it, but we'll see how that figures out in that division. It'll be a very interesting race there. And then Montour's second game of the week wasn't as favorable as the first as Baldwin defeats the Montour Spartans 9-1 at Ice Castle to open up the Fighting Highlanders season. Armstrong gets one back in the win column with a win over Hampton, 4-2. to two. And then Quaker Valley gets their second win of the se of the week, 6-3 over the Moon Tigers. Quaker Valley moving along, and we're actually going to talk about them right now because in the AA, your player of the week is Josh Bemis. He had five goals and an assist in those two games. And Tanner Sindrich of Baldwin, congratulations as our goaltender of the week on the PHT podcast. 21, 20 of 21 shots saved in that win over Montour. We're going to move into single A here in just a moment as my computer decides to play catch up. Dump and chase. Dump this computer and chase for a new one. Schedule is up, and we are almost ready to roll here, and we are. September 30th, Monday, Norwin defeats Beaver 7-2 in their home opener at center ice, followed by a McCourt win over an upstart Kiskey team. That's a game to watch, because whenever we were talking preseason tournament, I said I really like Kiskey uh, as a, an underdog this year. I fully did not expect them to take uh, that Bishop McCourt team almost to overtime. It was 4-4 with a late goal there for the Crushers. And 
Crushers were able to pull it out, but th that Cavaliers team is going to look pretty good up against some competition if they play anywhere near what Bishop Court matchup was there. North Hills defeats Chartiers Valley 3-1 at Mount Lebanon. Freeport 8-5 over Swigley Academy in their first four game of the week. Greensburg-Salem heads to the first Summit Arena in Johnstown. Drops their contest 5-4 against Westmont Hilltop. That's another team that we could see um, as a surprise this season. North Catholic in their debut against Swickley Academy. 7-4. The Trojans beat the Panthers. Blackhawk defeats Fox Chapel in their opener at Brady's Run 5-2. And then Freeport at Alpha playing at Alpha Ice Complex because Belmont is down right now. Drops the game to Indiana 8-4 to that week. In single A, your player of the week is Danny Williams. Two power play goals and an assist for the Indians player. Goaltender of the week is Ethan Isley of North Hills. Ethan Isley went 21 of 22 saves in the win over Chartiers Valley. On to Class B. Now, we are missing a couple games here, so I will try to do the best I can with what I have. And we will discuss that right now. Looking for October 1st. We're actually on September 30th. September 30th, Neshanik defeated Wilmington 6-4. Connellsville and, and Elizabeth Ford was delayed, I believe, because of issues at Ross Traver. Avonworth and Burl, 7-4 victory for Avonworth. Of course, Avonworth, their first season back, and Burl, you know, they were the defending national, defending uh, run, national runner-ups, so good season for them. They're, they got a big, a lot of changes there in that Pittsburgh ice for the Burl Bucks, so we'll talk about them probably a lot this season when it comes down to that type of stuff. Central Valley winning big over McDowell 8-3 at Mercyhurst. Carrick and Connellsville at the Ice Mine. I have no score for that from Thursday, so I can't give you too much of an update on that one. And Trinity and Bishop Canavan. Bishop Canavan wins that one 7-1 over the Hillers. The Crusaders are off to a rousing start there for in Class B. Your player of the week in Class B is Joshua Perry from Avonworth. Four goals, three assists. Your goaltender of the week, Adam Sarakowski of Bishop Canavan. 23 of 24 saves and a win over Trinity on Thursday. That is your PIHL update for the week. Now we're going to move into our HLs, as I like to call them. And we're going to start in the OHL. Uh, Matt Mamros isn't with me this week, so I'm going to take over and not have to give him any details. I'm not going to have his love there for the Erie Otters and his craziness. I, I want to keep trying to send him to the jungle, but he doesn't want to continue to stay there. But <laughs> anyway, the Erie Otters were to drop the first game to Saginaw on Friday and then had Aiden Campbell come in in relief on Sunday. I'm sorry, on Saturday. And defeat Kingston 4-1. He went 29 for 30 in the save department there for the kid from from Seneca Valley. Uh, Johnstown, 5-4. Come from behind victory over Maine on Monday. That was the My Hockey TV game of the week. And then lost 2-1 on Saturday to Maine. They'll come back home here momentarily. The 
Youngstown Phantoms swept Muskegon this weekend. Won 4-2 and 3-2 this past weekend. Going to Triple A, we're going to talk with the S-Mark Stars. They went 3-1 and one in a tournament in Massachusetts for the 18s. The Penguins Elite were 1-2 and two in USHL's Futures Tournament last weekend. And the Vengeance went 2-0 and oh against Lansing this weekend. The Robert Morris Colonials opened up their regular season this weekend with a pair of matchups with Michigan Tech. Uh, they dropped both of those. Uh, there was a score of 2-1 to one on Friday after Robert Morris was down one nothing for the majority of the game. And then where it would get a tying goal from Justin Adamo, the sophomore, the six foot six sophomore, uh, on a net front scramble, but dropped the game in overtime to those Huskies. And then the second game was on Sunday. They dropped that contest 7-0. It wasn't for lack of an effort. Uh, it was a lot of bad luck in the first period. We're going to talk with Kaz Monchek here now about the two contests live at the rink. All right, we're back here on the PhD Podcast. I'm joined by Kaz Monchek. Uh, just a little refresher for everybody. We bring on anybody that really wants to learn how to be a journalist. So uh, this young man reached out to us. And we had a little bit of an issue with bringing him on is that he plays for one of our teams that we cover in the high school level. So we're not allowed to talk about the high school level with him. But live from Peters Township, it is Kaz Monchek. Kaz, how's everything going, buddy? Not bad, Mitch. How are you? I'm all Thanks right. Thanks for having me on. No problem. He is going to be helping us out with our Robert Morris men's coverage this season whenever we have Gary Heeman with an issue that he can't make it to the rink. Kaz? Two week games this weekend against Michigan Tech, and of course I made a mistake several times. I kept saying Western Michigan the entire time, and I actually messed it up in an interview with Derek Schooley up there. Yeah, so talking to, <laughs> yeah, talking to the players, they have a 15-hour car ride home. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting thing, but it took two out of two against the Colonials this weekend. Um, what are your takeaways from these games this weekend? I don't think Robert Morris looked bad. I know the score did not reflect their effort in the second game, um, minus the first period. Mm -hmm. You could even say uh, 10 to 15 minutes of the game. If you took that away, they only gave up two goals, and mm -hmm. they tightened up defense. They're a very, very physical team, which will play well. They get deeper into conference play and playing against teams that they're going to play against two or three times this, this season. Mm -hmm. um, they get in lanes extremely well. Uh, Nolan Schaefer had two or three block shots tonight, had two or three shot, shot blocks um, that uh, the other night as well. So they, they do a good job of doing little things. If they can find the back of the net a couple more times, I think they'll be in good shape. Yeah, I thought I looked out there, and they looked a little bit shell-shocked. Uh, yesterday, they looked like a team that didn't exactly get that time in that they normally would get in an exhibition game. Get those three periods of ice under you against a, you know, in a team where the game doesn't matter. Now you're actually going straight into games that matter. And I think it showed a little bit in their legs yesterday. And they, they had a better second half to the game last night than they did today. And I say last night, of course, we're recording on Sunday at the island right after the game. So that's just puts you in perspective there. But he, uh, you know, I thought that they definitely picked it up in the second half of the game last night. And in the first minute or so of this game, they looked pretty good. And then at the bottom just fell out. I'm not sure what exactly happened. But uh, I, I don't know if it's a lack of faith in the net at this point or what is going on with the uh, – that situation, I mean, Reed Cooper let up five goals on, I believe, 11 shots in the first period. So that, that's going to deflate any team. 
So going into the remainder of the game. So yeah, like you said, as soon as that, that period was over, they looked like a different team. They were able to play, and they played with Michigan Tech. And I believe the two goals that Michigan Tech scored were pretty good goals. So Yeah, the one was from a shot from out on the point, a screen in front, and the other one was a backdoor feed. So nothing the goalie could do about either of those. Um, they played good defense. Like I said, they do a very good job of blocking shots. If they could get more shots at the goal and get traffic in front, that would help. Not it's, It doesn't help that you hit two crossbars. Um, I think you put one or two through the net mouth. Um, so they have chances there. They're just not capitalizing on them. Hey, go back to last night. They get that first start. Of course, the, the offseason, they lost uh, Frank Marat. He went, over, he went up to Clarkson. And they're bringing in a transfer from Ferris State in Kappelmaster. And I thought Kappelmaster played pretty well last night. Um, what did you think about from how, yeah, how he played I thought he night? played extremely well. Uh, I, I was surprised. I would have bet money that he was going to start today. Mm -hmm. um, and I, then I when he got, when uh, they pulled uh, Reed Cooper, I thought Kappelmaster would be the one they would put in. Mm -hmm. Instead, they uh, did not. Dylan Lubesmeyer came in today. Yeah, and, uh, I, that was a nice. The thing about Lubesmeyer is last year he had a terrific season in relief of Marat. I believe Marat played all the games last season for Robert Morris, so he didn't get to see. The, both goaltenders had a hard time seeing ice, and I don't think uh, Cooper had played very much since the game against Penn State. Uh, so, it's one of those things you look at and you say, give him a shot in a non-conference game. And well, then today, of course, we're back to last night. Kappelmaster, uh, be able to get him out there and get some reps because I believe he was in a log jam up at Fair State too. Yeah, so. he <laughs> only played about 15 games last year, I believe, out of 35. And I think the the goaltender that took that took the position last year had like a ridiculous streak of you know starts that going into it. So you see that effort out of him, and then you come into a 3 p.m. after a 7 p.m. game on a Sunday, and I could see the argument of putting in a, another goaltender. And I could see how it was playing out, non-conference game, available to see how what you got there. Because mm -hmm. you didn't have the exhibition game to see how they played. So today you put in Reed Cooper, and it just didn't happen for Robert Morris. You're, down, you're behind the eight ball. What? They put three goals in in the last five minutes of the first period. So I believe that's what ended up happening. So, yeah, it was, it was a tough, tough matchup and behind the eight ball the entire game. Um, so we're going to move away from the goaltending situation. Just talked about, you know, we have a younger team this season, a lot of new players, a lot of faces coming in. So we're going to start with the forwards. Um, one of the surprises that I saw, of course, was Roman Kramer being in the lineup uh, over Cam Haybear. And Cam Haybear and Roman Kramer, both coming from Johnstown, I, I've been hearing how much they really like how Roman Kramer played. And I could see why as he played out there. I thought he looked really good on the forecheck. I thought he was available for the passing lanes, and I thought he was brought a lot of energy to the team. Yeah, Roman Kramer, uh, great program in Johnstown. Mike Letizia turned that program around. They had a historic season. Uh, <laughs> went to Minnesota last year. They lost in the finals, but uh, semifinals, excuse me. But, yeah, he, he brings a physical aspect to the game. Uh, he's one of three freshmen starting up front. They uh, So they have a... Uh, three freshmen starting up front, mm -hmm. and I think that they, the three freshmen stood out. Uh, Garrett Clegg, the other freshman, very physical, got on the four mm -hmm. check extremely well. It was hard to play against. He was one of those guys last night You, uh, I think needed that period and a half to get his legs underneath him in a collegiate game, and boy, did he show up pretty well after he uh, 
got out of that, got out in that. And today, I thought he had a terrific game when it came to the forecheck. Yeah, playing any collegiate game, Division One, the everything's faster, shots are harder, passes are more crisp. So, it takes time to figure out what your role is and figure out how to play at that level. Once these kids figure out how to play at this level and what it takes to be successful, their teams can start to ramp up. Um, I, I'm expecting them to get to continue to get better. Their defense looked very solid. Um, I really like Nolan Schaefer and his contributions to the back end mm -hmm. all weekend. Great PK guy, uh, very solid in his own end. Not very flashy up front, but mm -hmm. he's got a great shot. Uh, like you said, probably, I think the hardest shot on the team. Mm -hmm. uh, he's looked good. He's out of Fairbanks in the North American League. No, the North American League does produce a lot of good hockey players, mm -hmm. and that shows um, up on both lineup cards. Mm -hmm. And then you move along, and you know you're talking about play players like Clegg, of course. Uh, I thought Hardikinen had a, uh, and I think I'm probably going to mess up his name to begin with. And I think they gave me a pronunciation key somewhere, but uh, this one, yes, there it is. It is Hardikinen. He uh, he played pretty solid in the second game. It was pretty invisible in that first game, but I thought the second game he started to show some uh, a little bit of physical presence. All the team the team started to show up physically after the, you know you're down five nothing yeah, after the first, but uh, the hits started flying and but. I thought he had a pretty solid uh, a game. I mean, you're going to see that fourth line. That fourth line looks pretty good when it comes down to it. Uh, but what their role is, bringing the energy with Jake Coleman, Mike Coyne, and then, of course, I'm going to call him Santeri because I'm probably botching his name at this point. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, that was one of those, you know, the group that you're looking at. And I think they had a pretty good solid uh, couple games here at the island. Yeah, my favorite line, I like the second line with Grant Herbert, Nick Lalonde, and Justin Adamo. I thought yeah. they, they had great zone time. Uh, Justin Dumbo gets he's very physical, big guy at six six. Mm -hmm. Um they're a that's a physical line. Mm -hmm. They get the puck in deep, they got pucks to the net. Uh, they I think they were our best line mm -hmm. all um all weekend. They stood out. Hey Bear, Adamo and Lalonde, you know, that's that's a that's a very uh, balanced line. Adamo, whenever you see you're gonna have a little bit of fun later whenever you actually see him start to show a little bit of his power. Uh, he definitely shows uh, you know, you can see him make moves that you don't expect a man who's six six to make. Uh, hey Bear is just really solid two-way forward, and Lalonde is fast. It's the one thing I noticed about Nick Lalonde this weekend was how fast he actually was and how smart he was with the, the puck. The only goal that the Colonial scored this weekend was all Lalonde on the forecheck behind the net, turn mm -hmm. the puck over. They get pucks in deep. This team takes the body. They forecheck hard. It's going to be tough to get the puck out of the zone against the Colonials. Mm -hmm. I think they got away from that mm -hmm. in the first period and tried to get fancy at all three lines. Mm -hmm. Once they got away from that, it's they started to get chances. Another player that played really well this weekend, I thought, after being in a carousel last week, last year, was Aiden, Aiden Spellacy. Uh, I thought he showed a lot of uh, a grit in that third line center, but he also showed a lot of uh, uh, flash with a, with the possibility of a little bit of offensive upside. And uh, they looked. It was very, very, very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He was very intriguing last year. He was he had a lot of uh promise when it came to his offense, but didn't show up too much. He was six he had six goals, four assists and thirty one last season. And this season I think he's starting to show a lot more of that. Yeah, he's getting to play with Kramer and Clegg, two freshmen, so he's gonna take under their wing a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's always gonna take uh Clegg and Kramer a, a bit of time to get up to speed in mm -hmm. the NCAA level. Playing with Aiden should help them mm -hmm. make that transition. Yeah, then they all four of these lines are deep team. They're a younger in the up front. They're a, they're a bit of a, a good mix there. You mm -hmm. freshman, sophomore on the back end. You have uh, and it's an older team. 
and you're you're splitting half and half there, um, underclassmen, upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. So I I like the makeup of this team. I think you can maybe inject some of the scratches in the lineup into different areas uh, throughout the season and see mm-hmm. what happens and maybe find some chemistry on the line. So we move back to the back end of the of the Robert Morris off of the uh, Robert Morris team, and we're talking on defense now. Uh, I really the that McLean and uh, Robert line, the defensive pair, I thought was really solid, really physical, but played smart with the puck. When you think about it, I mean, you can't really put too much on them for what happened here tonight, here today. But I, I thought both games, they looked pretty solid. Yeah, I, I thought Alex Robert out of Madison in the USHL, he looked like a player that knew what he was doing as a senior coming in his mm-hmm. uh, fourth year. He feels comfortable now. Um, knows what to expect, knows how to play, knows how to compete at this level. Mm-hmm. My favorite player, a defenseman I thought that really stood out was Nolan Schaefer. I think he played a really strong stay-at-home game. He's mm-hmm. a big guy at 6'3", 190, but can move extremely well. Good shot blocker, very physical. I, I think that he was a great shutdown defenseman, and it didn't really give many, uh, many looks or any odd man rushes. He was always the one that I would always notice the physical activity, and he'd be he'd be right in the middle of it too. That was that's one of the assets that I've seen over the last couple of years with him. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. Nick Jenny starting to get a lot more time on the power play this season. Of course, Nick Jenny's going to have so many years here because <laughs> he started out as a, a hit two years of a freshman year whenever he came in in replacement of John Ray a couple seasons ago, and then he was up. Uh, just continued to move along, and I believe what this year he's wearing number seven. seven. It's his third number in in the three and a half years that he's been here, <laughs> and is and he's only a junior. So, um, but he's playing a lot more on the offensive side, and I, I, he's made several plays along the line to, to hold the line for the Colonials, and that's really good to see f- from him. Um, that was his forte coming in, so they wanted to move him along in that asset. And you know, when you lose a player like Eric Israel. That's something that uh, Israel, of course, ran the offensive uh, point on the power play for the last four years for Robert Morris. So that's somebody that you want to see uh, step up. And he's playing well with Sean Giles. I thought Sean Giles is just doing his job. He's like one of the guys you don't notice, which means he's doing a good job yeah. <laughs> on defense. And, you know, you don't talk about him as often. And, you know, f- senior year, that's definitely good to see. Yeah, so. Nick Nick Jenny transition game on the uh, power play. I know they didn't get anything out of it, mm-hmm. but – the power plays transition game, the setup today mm-hmm. looked better than yesterday. I don't know what they changed, um, but I, their their breakout and their entry was a lot better. They got pucks in behind the defense, and they were a lot better on faceoffs on the power play. Um, Nick Jenny worked the point real well, moved across the blue line, whole 85 feet, played the whole ice. So I thought he played a very good game, had a had a couple shot attempts at on the net there as well. That's one thing that I wanted to point out uh you look at the numbers and, you know, the power plays and everything for Robert Morris, and, you know, they may have not clicked on the power play this year so far. I believe yesterday they didn't. They were 0 for last, am I correct in that statement? I can't. Yeah. I don't have the detail I, in front of me. A, they don't have a power play goal yet so, this but, year. But that looks like a power play that is about ready to break out. Like, that that looks like a power play that's solid enough that it's going to, it's going to break out in a big way. And uh, that's just a little bit. The penalty kill, I thought, was pretty solid also, so I can't. Yeah, you know, today might have been a rough day for them on the penalty kill, but I thought they looked the this the scheme that they're running is pretty solid. The trap that they're setting up in the neutral zone on the break in is was very good. One one two one. All three guys would line. They had three guys line up at the blue line, and it took time and space away. And that's mm-hmm. what you got to do against these 
like these guys are playing Division One hockey. These, everyone out there is highly skilled. How you beat guys, you gotta take time and space away from them. And mm -hmm. they did a very good job with that on the PK. Maybe not so much today. Mm -hmm. I mean, scoring might have reflected that, but overall, I think they did a very good job on the PK. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's that's one thing you're pointing out that's that I noticed also was that they're getting in the lanes. Like they are getting in the passing lanes. They're getting in the transition lanes. They're getting inside the shooting lanes. They're blocking everything. They're getting and making sure that the plays aren't developing in front of them. I mean, if you go back to yesterday, that's how they were able to stay in the game was they were able to break down Michigan Tech's offense and pick out where they were going to make those plays and and keep them away from those opportunities. And I thought that was a pretty solid effort by the Colonials. And that's something that looks that they were lacking the last couple seasons in my mind as they were allowing those odd mans. They were allowing the issue, you know, the players to float around. But they're buying into the... the Schoolies' theory of being able to break down another team's, you know, mental aspect and keep them from scoring from beyond the blue line. So that that is something that they played very well yesterday and actually played pretty well today. Uh, a lot of the efforts that happened were just, you know, tough bounces and right off the power play and setting up. So um, and of course that backdoor play and through a big screen. So you look at it and it's this isn't going to be a it doesn't look like it's going to be the epitome of how the season's going to go for Robert Morris, but I, I think it's definitely going to get better, and as these players mature, it's going to look good for them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely on the right path. I mean, after two games, it's tough to say that, but I'm going to say it. I think they're on the right path out there, and I think that they're doing what they need to do. This team's got a lot of upside. They play the right way. They do the little things. Mm -hmm. uh, Coach Schooley's implementing the little things that they have to do. You have to block shots. You have to get the puck in deep. You have to take the body. And they do all three of those things extremely, extremely mm -hmm. well. Um, I, I can, I, I think once they get on the body and, and they mm -hmm. keep, can they continue to grind it down and wear people down, third period comes, they're not going to, the other team's not going to want to go into the corner and take a hit from 6'6", Justin Adamo or anyone for that matter. And the one thing we didn't talk about this entire time is the, the tri-captains. I mean, that top line of Perkusic, Lynch, and Mantenuto, they're going to break out at some point. There, there's no doubt that those guys are going to have an opportunity to get, you know, they're going to be on the scoreboard. I mean, you're not going to contain Luke Lynch. He was, uh, uh, Matt Mamros calls him the honey badger all the time. He did exactly what he normally does. He broke down the offense and created opportunities for his line mates. And Perkusic had several opportunities. And Mantenuto had several opportunities. And, you know, I, we talk about how, you know, the defensive efforts are working. That offense is going to step in at some point, and it's just going to break yeah, out. Yeah, Luke, <laughs> Luke Lynch looked like one of our best players this weekend. Mm -hmm. He stood out from the opening draw. Mm -hmm. I got in shooting. He did everything. Your cap he bought into this system right away and did everything that you want to see your captain do. Mm -hmm. All three of them did. And once these, you know, the the guys without the letters, they start seeing the guys with the letters stepping up, getting in lanes, taking mm -hmm. hits to make a play, finishing their checks. That's good. Doing the little things the right way. That's going to inspire down the lineup mm -hmm. to make people want to do that. And that was the other thing that I noticed this weekend. And you're talking about that. We're talking about the top two lines, but he rolled four lines consistently. He did. Um, he, he was there was always, you know. He ran. I think it was like he was running three lines, rotating in third and fourth line every once in a uh, you know. But I, he definitely started. He's playing everybody to get them into the system. He rotated in the extra forward. Like yesterday, it was, I believe it was, Kip Hoffman, and today it was Darcy Walsh, and both of them were admirably worked admirably on that fourth line, and 
he's trying to get the opportunities. I, I, he, I could see what he's doing with what he's trying to do and getting them to play, the, get to the collegiate level and learn. And one of his favorite fortes is, you know, once you hit Christmas, you're no longer a freshman. You're no longer yeah. new to college hockey. And, you know, you didn't get an exhibition game this year. That doesn't come till January. So you have, you're getting thrown in the fire here. And I thought that the younger players played admirably. And I, I thought that this definitely, this team is not indicative to the scoreboard this weekend. No, so. uh, you don't get the, without that uh, exhibition game, it's just hard mm -hmm. to, for anyone, seniors, freshmen, to show up and play a, a team that may, might have had an exhibition game that has mm -hmm. got work in. It's hard to get your legs under you. You don't just show up and do that. You saw that with the Penguins, see that with Robert Morris, see that with everyone. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Kaz Monchek. Thank you for joining Thank me today. Mitch. And we look forward to having you help us out whenever we need you. If, as long as it's not high school, we're good. So I'm excited. He's, Thank yeah, you. that is the thing about him is he's not allowed to cover high school hockey for us, so he's going to help us out on a collegiate level. Um, once again, I am Brian Mitchell. This is the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast. We will be back with an interview with Derek Scully. Kaz for coming on today. I really appreciate all the hard work that all of our contributors put in, and uh, I just want to clarify how I opened that. Um, we want to give anybody an opportunity to learn, and anybody a chance that maybe they want to get a portfolio built, and maybe they want to grow as a possible blossoming journalist, and that's exactly what we get from Kaz. And you know, he has the drill, will, the drive, the want to be there and be able to do things. And we appreciate him coming on, especially on a short notice, as we had to get somebody to cover that game. So once again, thanks to Kaz for coming on and talking with us. And actually, I'm going to lead that into our Coach's Corner segment with Derek Schooley. I got a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Robert Morris Colonials and talk about his history and where he was prior to coming to Robert Morris and you know what that led what he lended to him because he has that great coaching lineage coming from Frank Serator of Air Force and all these major coaches and you you don't think about the the coaching trees that we're talking about all the time and where they come from so here is Derek Schooley and Coach's Corner. All right, Coach, uh, we're here for Coach's Corner with Derek Schooley. Derek, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm all right. Hey. Um, so we're going to be talking Coach's Corner. It's a little bit of a segment we have that talks about the coaching history of the local coaches and get to know them a little bit better as they go. Um, so your history is a little bit uh, different than most because you have a really good resume that you worked from underneath. Uh, Frank Serator, you know, bringing, going through, I believe Cornell was in your resume. So we're just going to start at the beginning. Four years of Western Michigan and... Um, then you moved along, and you were in Chicago for a year. Uh, what was the uh, transition out of collegiates into the professional level for you like? Well, I, obviously, four years of college hockey, played uh, pro hockey for a couple of years, and then decided I wanted to stay in the business of, of coaching. And um, I had a wonderful opportunity with a startup, uh, North American Hockey League franchise with the Chicago Freeze, to help start recruiting and, and meet people and and learn uh, the game and then um, went to Cornell for a year which uh, Mike Schaefer coached me at Western Michigan and uh, then I was fortunate enough to go to the Air Force Academy and, and Frank Serratore who also coached mm -hmm. me in junior hockey um, and I spent five wonderful years in Colorado Springs and um, this job became available and uh, I knew right away I wanted this I wanted the opportunity to be a head coach and and wanted to uh, been part of a startup program in Chicago mm -hmm. uh, with junior hockey so I knew I wanted to be a part of that and 
uh, really went after it and uh, been here for 16 years now and uh, it's it's something that um, I've had a tremendous amount of fun doing and uh, we're a growing program and we don't have a, sometimes we, we want the bells and whistles that everybody else has and we're working to get there but we need to uh, um, really enjoy being here in Pittsburgh the people the area the campus is beautiful, and, and the people at, at Robert Morris are outstanding. So it's, I, I've, all three of my kids have been born here in Pittsburgh, and um, their hometown's Pittsburgh, and uh, I'm excited to have been here for so long. All right, things that you uh, go back to Frank Serator and, you know, learning under somebody like Frank Serator, what are the things that you've learned from him as a coach to, you know, move along that you brought with you? Well, you know, Frank's his own person. You watch all of his press conferences and his, his interviews, and, um, he's his own guy, and the one thing that I learned is you have to be your own guy. You take bits and pieces of everything that you, of, of people you work with and, and work for, and um, you form your own identity as a coach. And, uh, you know, we tried to, I tried to do that and been very successful or very lucky to have the success that we've had at Robert Morris. So um, I've just learned to, to be my, kind of my own guy and um, act, uh, act how I feel fit. But you take something that you, uh, part of everybody that you that you work with or work for or um, play with or play for okay. and you transition into uh, now you were talking about the startup um, Robert Morris how did that opportunity come about for you well no uh, national search uh, Robert Morris did national search and I knew a lot of people I I knew uh, some USA hockey people that were from Pittsburgh uh, I had uh, a lot of people call Susan Hoffaker. I was fortunate enough to be here at the Level 5 Masters Clinic for USA Hockey and came out and met with uh, Susan Hoffaker, the late AD at the, at the, at the time, and uh, I went after it, and uh, I, I found the best way. I, I, I put together a 100-page a, a packet of how I'd go about starting a Division One program and um, had people make phone calls and... Um, fortunate enough to be one of the final three and I guess uh, they liked what they heard because I got off for the job. 16 years at Robert Morris, um, numerous accolades, things like that occurring. Um, what is your favorite accomplishment in your time here at Robert Morris? Well, we did a top 10 history of our program last year and during our 15 years we did our top 15 games and there have been so many. Um, you go back to our first win over a big program Western Michigan, he first uh, win over a ranked team beating Notre Dame, first win uh, of a tournament beating Boston University, but I, obviously the, the biggest one that comes to mind, I mean we beat Michigan on the road, but uh, the biggest one comes to mind is, is, is uh, uh, going to the NCAA tournament winning the Atlantic Hockey Championship, which would have been five years ago now, mm-hmm. so in 2014. So it, uh, it's on it's on your it's on my wall and it's one of those things that uh, we've been to a, a few finals and six straight final fours but to be able to to realize that we won the whole thing and uh, that was probably the biggest uh, moment but we have a lot we've had a lot of them which is a good thing and your your children coming into the area you know break coming up through system I, I covered several of them I've seen Taylor out there I've seen him how important is it for the area, in your eyes, to have to see hockey grow as it has in the last 10 years? Well, I mean, it's just it's getting better and better, and I've got uh, all three of my kids play. Uh, Caitlin's going to be 16, and uh, Brendan plays for Pennzoil. Taylor mm-hmm. plays for Pennzoil. 
Um, Caitlin did play for Pensley, but now is at Gilmore Academy. So at um, Pittsburgh hockey just keeps getting be better and better. And uh, you look at the history of the Pittsburgh hockey kids that we've had on our program, and you go from from the first team there was a, a boatload of them to uh, what we have now. And you got Colin South, who was a captain, Brendan Jamison, who was a captain. Uh, you got the Lynch brothers, who have, have had tremendous amount of success. Jake Coleman, good on the list, and I'm probably forgetting a whole bunch of. Uh, the South brothers, but you go, you go down the list of of wonderful Pittsburgh hockey, and uh, you want to make sure that you can get a lot of the best players to stay here in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you, Derek. I appreciate the interview. Um, we'll be right back on the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast. That was Derek Schooley of the Robert Morris Colonials. Thank him for coming on. Uh, we weren't able to record in our normal format, where I like to have them in a studio setting. So we could talk a little bit better. Nah, it was a little, you know, time constraints and such. So being a Sunday, so a bunch of good thanks for coming on, Derek. And I do appreciate everything that you do for the program and building the program and the actual all hockey in Western Pennsylvania. So uh, big things going on at the island. And you look at that and you think, okay, I argued last week at about something that I occurred with. I keep hearing about on. On Twitter and such, and it's one of those things that I'm going to continue to talk about, and that's the ACHA collegiate level hockey that is considered club. They're trying to get rid of that moniker, but it's the level that's just below the NCAA level, and a lot of the guys who were playing in it aren't, you know, didn't decided not to go to juniors. Maybe they decided to stay closer to home. Maybe they just wanted to play college hockey but knew they weren't going to have the opportunity to play at the NCAA level or didn't want to wait for it or didn't want to travel to do it. So we you know, we have this level that you have several teams in the area, in the region on, and I've actually continued to look through it and find new and new and new players as we continue to walk through this world of Berg hockey. And, you know, players that I found, I was going to go to Indiana on Friday, but I had a uh, an incident in the family that I had to deal with and... Those who know me know what happened. Unfortunately, you know, we had a uh, a fire in one of my family homes, so we had to uh, to deal with some business that, so I wasn't able to make it to Indiana. But they've got several players in the uh, from the PIHL on that Indiana roster, and let me see. I believe one is, of course, is Daniel Soltes from the Franklin Regional Panthers. He has a teammate on there with him. And that is Matt Sleva. He both we both graduated last season from that Franklin Regional team. Both have the Penguins Cup and I believe a state championship under their under their belts. Um, then I'm looking around and I see these other you know a lot of this is going on here. And you look at players, Danny Bostado, who was a Wildcat, played was at Wexford, and he's a grad he's a graduate right now. Then you have South Park Hunter Lynette's, and you know. Dominic Glavich was a vengeance player. Uh, let's see. Go. You move along. He's, uh, of course, I said he was Soltes from the Armstrong Arrows in Pittsburgh, from uh, Franklin Regional. Gavin Cummings was a junior. He played for the Vengeance. The, Zach Kutch was a PIHL champion with the uh, with the <laughs> sorry with Armstrong, the Riverhawks, two seasons ago. Sorry, it just passes me to talk about it. his teammate was Benvenuti, Nick Benvenuti was on that same squad. They played Armstrong Arrows together in double A. Justin Shepard of the Vengeance 
and we can move along. You know, Matt Sleva I just mentioned. Then you have Tyler, Tyler Spies from the from Munhall and Kenny White from Trafford, both Vengeance players, uh, NA3HL and USPHL. One's a graduate, one's a freshman. I mean, you look at Indiana University team, and you're talking about it. Then you got players on Robert Morris, such as Justin Adamski from Hampton. But then you have other players, uh, South Park's Tanner Orr, and you got Meadville, Trevor Johnson. You know, it's it's tough, you know. Jason DeFelice from Greensburg. They're all players. Nate Mickey is the one I was looking at and I was thinking about earlier. You know, Ryan plays for the for Penn Trafford now. Nate played a couple seasons ago for Penn Trafford. Tyler Draper, standout from the uh, Seneca Valley Raiders a couple seasons. Captain, I believe, was for that one. The, the whole team is built out of Pittsburgh for their Division One team, minus the goaltending. I mean, yeah, step it up, Pittsburgh. You're not going to be the goaltenders on this roster, right? Am I right? Uh, Andrew Hackmeister. Uh, we were joking on Twitter early about that. He was a uh, he was a uh, <laughs> the guy that almost beheaded me in a game against in a game. Sorry for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins elite a couple seasons ago where he was captain. And wow, I mean, <laughs> I laugh every time about that because I'm like I always joke around. Everybody wants to see me get beheaded when I'm in the suicide box. That it is what it is, and we roll with that. And we luckily have our individuals who go out to the field and want to see this. I'm trying to get out to more ACHA as I continue to move on. I stopped in earlier, and I talked to Conrad Waite of uh, of uh, Duquesne, and he was more than welcome to say hello. And I didn't realize they had a game this morning. I was stopping in to talk to somebody and didn't have a chance to uh, stay because I had to get the Robert Morris. But, uh, you know... They're playing all the time, too, so it's still college hockey. As far as I'm concerned, it's hall hockey for me. I would have stuck around if I had a little bit of extra time. Unfortunately, I had to run off to the island because Kaz needed to work with the new guy. So, And we got from there, but luckily we have some people like Ed, which, by the way, here is Ed's weekly contribution of your ACHA update. Welcome to this week's Major Focus ACHA Recap. I am Ed Major. You can find me on Twitter at EdMajorPhoto. Let's just dive right into the week that was in the ACHA. On Friday night, West Virginia traveled up here to the RMU Island Sports Center to play Robert Morris. Robert Morris came away with the 4-3 victory. They jumped out to a quick 2-0 lead before Hayden Hinnemeyer cut the lead in half for the Mountaineers, but West Virginia was never able to actually come back and tie the game or take the lead as they fell in that close game. The other game on Friday night in conference action was IUP hosting the Duquesne Dukes. Duquesne starting the season 0-2 after falling to Canisius, and falling to the Liberty Flames, so they were looking to get into the win column against an IUP team that beat them twice last season by a score of 5-1. to one. And the story would be much of the same this Friday night as IUP took the victory 4-2. to two. Wade Conlon had 18 saves on 22 shots in that effort for the Dukes. The other game on Friday night, the nightcap was Slipper Rock hosting Westchester, and that was a back-and-forth 6-5 to five victory for, or, I'm sorry, it was a 7-2 to two 
victory. That was the Friday night game. Westchester just came in and dominated the entire game. It was the Saturday night matchup of that series that Westchester took the victory 6-5. to They started out with a 3-0 lead before Slippery Rock came back to score five straight goals to take the 5-3 to lead. But Westchester came with three straight goals of their own, and that's the final score that they would leave the arena with with that 6-5 to victory. Westchester will play a third game in three days against the Duquesne Dukes, Sunday, October 6th at 11.30 a.m. The other... The other Saturday games we had, Robert Morris hosted Niagara. They fell in that close one 6-5. to five. So Robert Morris falls to a record of 3-1-1. One, and one. The Pitt Panthers Division I squad held a series at the U.S. Naval Academy on Friday and Saturday. They took both games by a score of 6-4 to four and 4-2. Four to two. So the Panthers starting off with a record of 4-0 and heading into their home opener next weekend against Alabama on Friday and Saturday the 11th and the 12th. A quick note about the upcoming ACHA games. We've got several conference matchups coming up. This coming Tuesday, Robert Morris will travel to John Carroll to play their third conference game of the season. IUP will travel down to Morgantown to play West Virginia on Friday the 11th. Also on Friday, we have Robert Morris traveling up to Buffalo. Again, Alabama comes up to play Pitt. And Duquesne will travel up to UPMC 66 to play Slippery Rock. That is a 10-10 puck drop. Saturday, you've got Robert Morris at Buffalo again for that second set. Alabama at Pitt. West Virginia will travel to Duquesne on Saturday, play it up at Alpha Ice Complex. That's at 6.30 p.m. puck drop. We've got Slippery Rock hosting IUP for another nightcap next Saturday at 9.45. As well as the Pitt women's hockey team will be in action on Saturday the 12th and Sunday the 13th. That's at 8.15 and noon will be those games against Delaware and Rowan, respectively. So that'll do it for your ACHA recap, the week that was and the week that will be. I am Ed Major Photo, Ed Major Focus, signing off. Back to you, Mitch. Thanks again to Ed Major for giving us our update every week for the ACHA and the club hockey. I keep calling it club. i got to stop doing it. They don't want me to do that anymore. They're not club. They're hockey players like everybody else. So, once again, that was Ed Major. Thank Ed for coming on this week. Uh, let's see. What else do we have left? Uh, let's see. How about hmm, Twitter poll last week? Unfortunately, I was unable to get it completed. I had some a lot going on last week. <laughs> it takes a village, and with opening week and everything else that was going on, a lot of stuff fell through the cracks, and I do apologize to everybody out there in Berg Hockey Land, I, I truly, sincerely am upset with myself for not being able to get things completed in a regular fashion and how it needs to be done for you guys. So we're going to continue to move along and hope that we can get things lined up for you. I still have a lot of work to do. 
I've got pictures to release to you from last week. I got in the rink. Oh, well, guess we'll talk about in the rink this week. I can open that up, and I can tell you where everybody's going to be this week. Let's see what we got. On Monday, it will be Ed Major and Jared Todd Hunter going out. Ed Major is going to be at Mount Lebanon. He'll be there for Central Catholic in Mount Lebanon. And on Wednesday, I'm sorry, on Monday, it will be at Kirk Nevin Arena. It'll be Jared Todd Hunter. Franklin Regional will will go to Hempfield. And Norwin will head to Greensburg-Salem. We've got a double-A and a single-A matchup there. And a triple-A matchup on the docket. I will move to Thursday. And I will have a big matchup, single-A and a a Class B matchup at Brady's Run, and that will be Thomas Jefferson at Beaver at 645, and then an 845 matchup between Burl and Central Valley. That'll be all the way out in Beaver. I'll be there. And then next weekend, we got a big weekend coming up for the Robert Morris uh, Colonials. Doubleheader on Friday, doubleheader on Saturday. We're still working out the details for our Saturday lineup. But on Friday, it'll be me for the women's game. And I believe me and myself and Gary for the men's game. I'll have the details on that going forward. I think uh, we're going to close you with the Twitter poll of our four goaltenders of the week. Who is going to be the first one to have a repeat performance as goaltender of the week? Is it going to be Mario Iafrati of... Cannon McMillan, Big Max. Is it going to be Tanner Sindrich? Sindrich, I'm sorry, Sindrich of Baldwin, the Fighting Highlanders. Is he going to be our next one? Is it going to be Ethan Isley of North Hills, or is it going to be Adam Sarakowski of the Bishop Canavan Crusaders? You'll have a time to vote from Tuesday until Friday. I appreciate all of your votes and. All of your input. I know we get a lot of joking back and forth on Twitter. Some people feel like people are being slighted. Hey, I can only cover what I see, and I can only cover what I don't see, what is on their site, and I do the best that I can with what we got. And, hey, let's have a good time with this season. All right, guys? I'll just thank Derek Schooley for coming on. I will thank Ed Major for sending in his update. Kaz Monchek for being our newest contributor and everybody out there that wants to listen and everybody that dreams of having better coverage for your your athletes we're here for you we're trying to do the best we can we appreciate you listening we appreciate you commenting we appreciate you following we appreciate you appreciating once again for all of them my name is brian mitchell phd underscore mitch on twitter have a wonderful wonderful time and i'll see you in the rink. Take care, guys.